Today, I have a phenomenal actress with me. She has toured in My Fair Lady and Cats. She was regionally, she has done Mamma Mia, The Mystery of Edwin Drood and Nine to Five. But you all probably know her from playing a certain green girl in Chicago on Broadway and on the second U.S. tour's Alphaba. I have the wonderful Anne Brummel. You were shaking your head. Did I get the credits wrong? You didn't. I think you said that I, you've seen me as the green girl in Chicago. Oh, no. I said I said you could, you most likely know her as the green girl from. So, no, you're good. I just, I was like, oh, God, did I mess up already? I was, I was, I was like, I wasn't in Chicago, but I'll take it. In the show, the musical <laughs> Chicago. The, yeah, okay, yeah, no. Um, so my introduction, so obviously for everyone, you got, we know Anne through Mostly Wicked. My, and I knew of her, and then I saw her because I went to go see Mamma Mia at Walnut Street Theater. This was like a year before the pandemic started, I think. Yeah. Um, I saw it because my, one of my old, my old directors and mentors from Camp Walnut, Tara Tagliaferro, was in the ensemble and she understudied Tanya. Um, and so I went to see, and I also saw it with my friend Patricia, who that was like her annual tradition. We would go see a show at the Walnut. And so I was like, and so I was like, I was like, oh wow. I was like, 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 I was like this name sounds familiar. And then I looked in the credits and I was like, oh well, she was an alpha, but that's why. And then you started singing, and I was like, oh wow. I was like, she's really good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, she's great. And then I literally messaged. Well, I messaged Tara during, um, before the show. I was like, hey, I'm here. And then I messaged you during, I found you through my internet stalking during the 15-minute intermission. I found you on Facebook. And I messaged you. And I was like, you're doing a great job. I was like, I was like, I was like, you're doing a great job. I was like, you're wonderful. I was like, and you replied really fast. And you were like, oh, thank you so much. I was more surprised at how fast you replied. I was like, she's on her phone during intermission. Yeah, always. Like, I'm the worst. <laughs> My family will be like, I'll be FaceTiming people and they're like, do you have to go on stage? And I'm like, yeah, in a minute. I'm paying attention. I got that it. Doesn't, that doesn't beat. Um, so I recently saw the Anastasia tour or excuse me, <laughs> Anastasia tour, as my friend Samuel would say. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's British. He's, right. he's British. So he's like, you have to say it, Anastasia, darling. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, just like he's like, you have to say interval, not intermission. <laughs> I was like, okay, Sam. <laughs> and there was a certain dating app that I would that I got note. I kept getting notifications on. It was the it was almost the entire male ensemble and some of the leads during Act Two had started. Meanwhile. And I was getting notifications and I was like, I was like, you're in a show, right? I was like, the show is starting. Like, what? You know, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. People text at the office, they're they're at the office. <laughs> yeah. As long as but they're yes. not on stage with their phone yes. doing it, then you know, hey. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, so that was anyway, that was my introduction to you. And then I was starting this podcast and Fun fact for everyone at home, we had originally recorded this episode previously, and then some reason it did not save at all. So we're re-recording this, everyone at home. So obviously, we got to start with your... Oh, wait, I have questions beforehand. I forgot. I have questions before we get to Wicked. So we talked about Funny Girl previously. You said you did do a non-equity tour of Funny Girl. Sure did. There, It also said you... 
it, uh, you understudied Fanny, but never went on. Um, yeah. You. It also says that you did a tour of the Scarlet Pimpernel. Is that true? <laughs> or- <laughs> Wait, was that before? Yeah. No, that was after Funny Girl. I did. Also, non-equity theater. These are Wista's Wicked fans. This is on wicked.fandom.com slash wiki slash Ann Brummel. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't even know that that existed, but yes, yes. I... Well, there's an entire website that lists like all like that lists all the understudies, all the principals in order when they replaced, and it has specific dates when they started and when they stopped. Oh. It even has like temporary replacements on it too. Oh wow, that's for someone is every devoted. Wicked production for every Wicked. Well, it's like a it's like a group community thing, but it's for every Wicked production worldwide. Got it. Oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I did do a production of The Scarlet Pimpernel. I sure did. Now, I am not familiar with that show, but who, were you just ensemble again, or did you play I wasn't, roles? no. I was the role of Marguerite, who is the female lead. Is that Carolee Carmelo's role? Is, yes, it Yes, is. okay. Yes. Is that um, the one that sings, the, the more you stay inside me, the weaker I grow? Or is that someone else? That sounds really possible. I, okay. I'm not going to lie. I am... I'm old and I have not sung a song from Scarlet Pimpernel in a, a whole you long You don't need to date yourself. You don't need to date yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. That sounds like I could have sung that okay. lyric. Sure. And then it also, I know you performed regionally with Evita, but it also says you toured with Evita. Is that I true or did. false? Yes, that is you absolutely t- true. True. That was, was actually another- that's how I got my equity card. Oh wow! Good for you. I'm yeah, assuming you were Ava. Or- I was the alternate. Were you so Ava? Voiko was Ava when I joined, oh. and then oh, you were in um, that tour. Yeah, and then Kathy I left. Didn't know that a few weeks after I got there, and then Sarah Litzinger. I actually think Sarah Litzinger and I came in at the same oh. time, or like right around the same time. Yeah. So there was sort of like a big cast shift um so the the original cast of that tour i i met very briefly for like two seconds and then it was then we took over so um yeah so i did that tour i did that tour for like almost a year i think maybe nine months good for you i think and and then it also lists regional credits as civil war mm-hmm. fiddler on the roof mm-hmm um and big big that's what it let that's weird big was a a long time ago that i feel like i was like a baby when that happened no but i've done a lot of other regional stuff who do i have to call to update this no i'm just Um, well i mean on your about the artist page it lists um jerome robbins broadway yes from theater under the stars it lists Mm -hmm. um mystery of edwin drew mamma mia both productions of mamma mia nine to five johnny manhattan Oh, yeah. Um, Wicked, Wicked. And it says Evita Theater by the Star. And then it says, and it starts at Wicked Chicago. Oh, I did Closer. I think Closer Than Ever was my first regional show after I finished the tour of Wicked, I think. I don't know if that's on there, but I did do that too. I it's don't know. Not, there's, I mean, About the Artist is great. Like, sometimes it has great information. Sometimes it's missing stuff, just like IBDB or Playbill. You know what? Like, sometimes you got to keep the mystery alive. 
Sometimes you gotta have some mystery. You gotta dig through the files of the old playbills to look at yeah. people's resumes. <laughs> so now we okay. Now we gotta get. We want to get into Wicked first and foremost. You joined Wicked when it was very much like it was still technically like in its early years because it was only um six years that it would have been open so far. Mm-hmm. Um, because you joined two thousand. You joined uh, like, two thousand and five. Oh, so yeah. Oh, so two years. No, then. that's a lie. That is a total lie. 2008. 2008. Okay, so then like it, it was open for like four or five years. So yeah, about mm-hmm. I gave the right age. You started with the Chicago production as understudy. You replaced Danielle Williamson and you closed out the Chicago production. No, I production. replaced um, I replaced Vicky Noon in you Chicago. Mm-hmm. Danielle. Oh. She may have replaced Danielle. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Yeah, um... Da, 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 da. Um, and so what was well first off was this it wasn't like um it wasn't it was going towards the mega hit where you know it had like produ- it had like 20 productions running simultaneously around yeah. the world oh, no. i mean it was already i feel like for anybody but, that knew theater wicked was a hit from the second it happened especially for like any girl that sings like and Alphabet as or Glinda, I think everybody was like, what's this show? And I need to be in it. Um, <laughs> so was that what it was like for you? Was you like, this is a dream role. This is a show oh, that I have to. Yeah. No, that it was a big deal. And I had auditioned for it a bunch. I had actually, my oh. very first audition for Wicked ever was before it opened for the Broadway company. I, I got called in for Nesta, which I, I, I didn't know anything about the show, but I remember thinking like, I don't think I'm this person. Um, but I auditioned for it a bunch. Um, and it was, it, it, it just, I think it was honestly the, the, my 13th time going in for it. Maybe not that much, maybe like 10th time going in for it. I've been in a bunch and you know, it, it's, I just sort of went in and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it and not care about it because I'm never getting this job. And sure that's enough, always, I got the job. That's always, that's always like the case with auditions. That's what, um, Rebecca Luker said when she was doing the music band, she was like, well, I want to do this show, but they don't want to see me, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then she mm-hmm. got it. That's because that's when you're your most true self, right? When you just go in and you're like, this is what I do. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay, too. And suddenly they're like, oh, that's interesting. If you go yeah. in trying to do what you think they want, then you're never. it's never going to happen for you. Now you did fairly the show fairly straight through because you closed the Chicago production, which closed in like early, I think two, like late or early two, late two thousand eight or early two thousand nine, I think. Uh, early two thousand nine, yeah. Um, and then you joined like a few months, and then like maybe like a month or two later, you joined the second U.S. tour, the Munchkinland Company, and you were there pretty much. No, you were there literally continuously. You went from understudy to standby to principal. I have mm-hmm. the specific dates if you want to know. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, um, well, I joined the Chicago company knowing that I was joining the second national tour. So when I yes. joined the Chicago company, they already had announced that it was closing. So I knew I knew that I was hired under the guise of like I was going to close the Chicago company. And then there would be like a small break and we would start rehearsal in New York for the second national tour. And so, then, yeah. yeah, and then you started as understudy, then you went to, you were literally understudy for exactly a year, March 7th mm-hmm. to March 7th. Um, then March 9th, you assumed standby. And then a year later, 
you join you join as principal just consecutively. Then mm-hmm. you took a two year break, and then you joined the Broadway company like for like I think it was like, February, January, February, March, April, May, June, July for a seven month run mm-hmm. as standby. Mm-hmm. What was it like performing in the different productions? Because now, obviously, the second the second U.S. national tour is. I almost was about to say something that my my friend said that's really shady about the tour, but I won't. Um, it's a very it's a lower scale than the Broadway run, than the Broadway one and the Chicago one. Um, there's no trap door. There's no um, the lift goes higher. There's like other different things. There's no running out. Of, there's no running under the stage. Running up the stairs. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, but obviously, also with Broadway, there's that massive rake. What was it like adjusting to each of these productions? Um, the, it's funny, like I don't, some of it, like Chicago was interesting because I, I think Chicago was a blur because I, I, my time there was like, rehearse the show. Now you're in the show. Now let's rehearse. I'll, like it just, it was sort of a blur. Um, but then, yeah, we got to the second national and it was definitely smaller. And, you know, th- one of the benefits of like living in a theater, you know, like if you have a residency, not a residency, mm-hmm. but if you are in one specific theater, you can really build your set to that space and to what that space can mm-hmm. provide. And, you know, the thing with the second national tour, which was different than the first national, is they built it a little bit smaller so that it could play more houses. You know, that's why. And it was also easier to load in and out. So, well, it's that, but like the, I think the first national tour, the first national tour had, yeah, yeah, they had a, they had a working bridge, like the working bridge that like out Glinda and, um, that, and the people would stand on for the thank goodness. Um, but the second national, it was sort of built to be able to play like, so like if the first national was built to play like all a markets, the second national was built to play like a markets, but also potentially like a B market, like a smaller market, which tends to have like different capabilities as far as like their spaces. Um, But it, I mean, it just sort of, it was like doing any show you eventually just get used to it. You know, there's changes and you're like, Oh, well now I don't go there anymore. And now I don't go here. Um, The Broadway company was, that is a marathon. I mean that just the way that space is designed, it is, it is a marathon. Like if you see the behind the scenes, there is like nothing that feels glamorous about it. Like running down the stairs of death to get like the stairs that you run down to get to yes, where you'd come up for defying gravity, where you like, where you come up for the end of act two, like through that trap door. Like it is the stairs are the steep. It's almost like a ladder. Like it's so steep. You're running. There's uh, you're running under the stage through like the orchestra, through the pit, the pit. the thing. It's crazy. So um, the Broadway company is like just way more gymnastic than anything else. Um, And it's funny because as a standby, I wasn't on so much that I think I I never got like too much time with the rake. Um, I think I was still new so many like that that was like the last thing that I was paying attention to was the rake. Um, but I think if I had been on it consistently, like every single night, I think I think I would have had a much more uh, heightened awareness of the physicality of that. But I do remember the Broadway company just being like, "You're just running all over the place." Yes, I because I know because now correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear. But you were offered, I believe, principal on Broadway, correct? Or were you offered? Mm-hmm. Prin- okay, oh, you were just. 
I came in. I came in for a short time to stand by. Yeah. Oh wait, yes, right, because that was when uh, Caroline Bowman had to leave for whatever, and so you was that. Wait, was that? I don't know. No, Lindsay Mendez was there when I came in. And then Christine Dwyer took over for Lindsay. So I think I, I think I technically replaced Christine. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so what, what did you think was easier being, what would you say was the easiest to want to do understudy standby or principal? I mean, standby is the best gig. I I mean, like getting to play the part is amazing, right? Like you get that validation of like, we trust you. We want, you know, like you get to say it. It's yours forever and always that you played Alphaba, like for sure. Standby is the gig to have though, because you have no other responsibility but playing Alphaba. But at the same time, you don't have to do it every night. So you like get to do this really, really difficult role every now and again and then you get to like yep. take a break and do nothing else. So standby yep. is like the amazing thing. I see that though, like having had the opportunity to play the part. Yes. So I think if I never played the part. I'd be like, no, I want to be Alphaba. But, um, <clears throat> you know, but after having done it, like if I had to pick, I'd standby is great. You get to do it. You get to say, what are you doing wicked? I play Alphaba. You know, that's what you do. Um, but yet you don't have the the pressure. I mean, granted, being a standby is tough because like every day you have to still prepare as if you're potentially doing a show and you may or may not. Um, but, you know, being able to like do Alphaba like at a matinee and then they're like, oh, cool, she's back. You have the night off. You're like, great. Great. <laughs> going to go take a better shower, get this out of my ears, and then I'm going to have a cocktail. Call it a night. So... so- <laughs> so one thing so one thing I like to do with alphabas is because my favorite are the weird you like good weird YouTube comments like they're the compliments that are just like weird oh, no. so for example the one thing that I found for you was it was your first Broadway defying gravity someone wrote her how I is basically ASMR for me <laughs> it's just is that a I don't even know is it? Well, so tell them how I am defined. Oh, oh, oh. And then, so they just wrote, that's basically ASMR for me. You know, like there were like the people like with the, the clickety nails thing, like uh-huh. <laughs> ASMR. So I just found that funny. I also know, so last time we did talk about onstage mishaps, I'm unfortunately going to have to have you ask you to relive them again to tell that's us fine. some um, of your onstage mishaps. I don't even remember what I said. I'm guessing the you first You told me I- that you were a faller. Oh, I'm absolutely said, a faller. You said every single scene that happened, I fell. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think I can... I think that's probably accurate. I, at least 75% of the scenes in the show, I probably fell at one time or another. Um, I... It, it was my first... The worst one... Which was the worst one? Well, okay, so there were two. The, the first worst one <laughs> was we were in Calgary and, you know, there's the bubble has what they call bubble juice that sometimes gets yes. on the floor. Um, and then there's in the stage, there's these like smog grates that sometimes depending on the temperature, like in the theater, it can create condensation on the stage. And so 
I remember there were like rumblings backstage of like, there's condensation, condensation, there's condensation. And you're like, okay. But Alphaba, her main entrance, like she doesn't get a glimpse at the stage before the, those doors open and she just runs for it. Well, those doors opened and I ran and my foot fully went right out from under me, slipped, and I caught air and landed on my butt with my feet dangling in the pit, holding my suitcase like to my chest. <laughs> and our conductor, I'll never forget, Adam Souza was our conductor and he just was like, are you okay? Like mouthing to me from the pit. And I just was like, not a clue as to what just happened. Um, so that was fun. That was a good fall. Um, and then my very first time going on for Joe Mantello, I was a standby. He came to town. And we were in the fallen house scene, which is when um, at the end of the scene, Fierro swings in on a yes. rope and, you know, <clears throat> Linda's like, Alphaba, go now. They're like, get out of here. All the guards are in there. And I turned around to run off stage and I took one step in that giant like act two dress and my foot must have stepped on the dress. And then I took another step and it stepped even more on the dress. And so like I, the more steps I took, the like closer to the ground I was being pulled down. So you just saw me like crumple to the floor. No. And, I, and the guards who were like so close to you anyways, but for whatever reason can't catch you. I'm now basically like laying down in front of them. And they're like trying to come up with some reason as to why they can't just pick me up. Yeah. Um, but so when I, I remember like Joe, you know, gathered everybody afterwards to give notes and I like had done my shower and I came into the room and he was like, great show. I have some notes. I was like, don't fall. He was like, that would be one. I was like, cool. <laughs> so it worked out at some point. I ended up getting the part anyways. Exactly. You ended up getting promoted to the principal anyway. <laughs> standing by for Joe Mantello. That was what happened. Um. Oh yeah, and then so uh, there was obvious. So wicked is was so. Do you ever get like like how much like is it? Does it ever feel weird for you? Because I always feel like the people who do wicked, they're almost always like trapped inside the wicked bubble. They're like, oh, I loved you as Alphaba and Wicked, and then they don't mention anything else in your career. Is it ever <laughs> something like that? I mean, look, I I am part of such a great you know, that, that we, it's the green girl sisterhood. There's, I mean, a lot of us know each other. A lot of us still stay in touch or reach out to each other whenever. Um, I am, I'm, I'm honored and blessed to have been a part of like a really cool club. So like, I will never get tired of it. Sometimes it feels like a lifetime ago to me. You know, like when I look at myself now, I have a three-year-old and I, I, I've been a part, I, I've been away from Wicked for a very long time since like 2014, just crazy to say. Um, so it, it was definitely a huge part of my life, but it was also a part of my life that feels very far away. Um, so it is funny, like, because every, any cabaret that I do, any event that I sing at, you know, if, if there's a request, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be sing something from Wicked. Can you sing something from Wicked? <laughs> Um, so it is definitely still very much a part of like my life, but it's, you know, the thing is, is when you've played a role like that, it, it's like a stamp of like, oh, we know what she does. 
Like there's an expectation mm-hmm. I think that comes with like, if you've done that role and it's not just alpha, but I mean, there's, if, if you've played Christine diet, like there's an expectation of like, <clears throat> Oh, this is how you sing. This is what you're capable of. This is what you do. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, that certainly exists, but it's not something I will ever get tired of that. I can tell you. Was there a specific, so there's a question that's always asked is, are you with the wizard and I, uh, or Define gravity or no good deed alpha, but which one was your like go-to song that you could do at a moment's notice? And it which changed. one was the one that terrified you the most? It always <laughs> changed. Um, I would say consistently no good deed was my most favorite. Um, wizard and I was sometimes terrifying. It's the first one out of the gate. And like, it's just you on a bare stage with, you know, with a suitcase, there is like not, not nowhere to hide. Um, and then, you know, defying gravity is that's like, you know, that's, that's a real big moment. And so there were times that it, it would depend. There were moments when like defying gravity was like my favorite thing to do. And then moments where I was like, I'm terrified to sing this tonight. But I would say consistently No Good Deed was my favorite. Did you ever have a No Fly show? I did. Yeah. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. <laughs> Never been so terrified you know in my the life. City. Um, I yeah. was, I, yeah, I witnessed a No Fly show. It was my first time seeing Wicked. It was a No Fly show with D. But normally the contingency plan is to run, is to run all the way downstage Yes, run all the way downstage and just belt your face off in the center. For some reason, Dee couldn't get out of the contraption. Oh, so yeah. she just stayed there and was like, I'm in the back belting my face off. Yeah, I will tell you, it's funny. Like, they they teach you how to get out of that. Like, when the lights are up on stage and they show you, like, there's, like, a little hook you can pull down, mm-hmm. like, a little thing. And it makes total sense, like, when the lights are on and you can, like, kind of look behind you and you're like, oh, yeah, easy. When you're in the moment, there is not a lot of time to get into that levitator. Like, she's quick. And there's stuff you got to do. Like, you got to, like, drop a bag and put your cape around it and, like, make sure, you know, there's things. And when you you realize you're not. Some people did. Some people dropped the bag. Some people didn't drop the bag. It depended. I don't know. I don't think I ever dropped the bag because I never felt like I was that coordinated. Um, but it, I mean, in that moment, it's like panic and you're like, you're fumbling around, like trying to get it and you can't t- like, you can't figure it out. I think a crew guy had to pull mine. I think a, someone came out and like pulled it and I walked forward and then just everybody around you lays down on the ground and it's like the, the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> most anticlimactic ending. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I remember, because what, what, my cousin Jen was the one who saw it. She's seen it like multiple times. And she was like, well, she flies up at the edit. She does all of this. And I did not, I mentioned that didn't happen. I did not believe a word she said for the longest time. Whatever she was- didn't even know that it happened. Some people were like, <laughs> Oh, what? There was something else to this, but like some people don't even know that you're supposed to fly, and they're like, "Oh, that made sense." Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, whatever she was like, she was like, "Well, this stuff happens and this," and I was like, "Sure, Jen." I was like, "I'm sure that happened." I'm sure she flies, Jen. <laughs> my my like my like eight year old self was like, "Sure, Jen." I was like, "Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's funny." Um, 
So now, so this was, uh, so how did you prepare yourself? Like, because then I promise this will be my last wicked question and we'll move on. (laughs) What was it like? Was it hard? Is it, it's well, obviously it's a hard score. Was it, what was it like just trying to get the energy and just the vocal like flexibility to do that every night as principal and then just in general as well? I mean, you know. Are you one of those alpha buzz that's like, oh, it was cool. It was in my range. Sometimes, and then sometimes absolutely (laughs) not. I mean, look, it is, especially when you're on the road, like you're in a different place all the time. There's different, you know, you're in hotels that have different like venting, ventilation systems, and some are dustier than others and moldier than I have like an extreme dust allergy. Like, so I'm like super any amount of dust, like I have some awful reaction. And then you like, Climates are different. I mean, anything, houses sound different. So when you're touring as Alphabet, like there are some cities that you're like, I am a rock star. I am nailing this. And then there are other cities that it just is the hardest thing you've ever done. Um, I mean, I think anybody who's played the part, like finds their groove. I think, you know, I, I, I think most people, you know, don't have a lot of nights out where they're like raging and partying. And then, you know, you kind of, at least for me, like I lived a pretty like quiet life as Alphaba. I would like do my gig, I'd go home, relax, drink some tea, power down, do a little steam, you know, really like your day gears up to do that role. And especially if you've done it for a long time, right? But, but then there's some people who just have like, I was never like, I think towards the end, I was definitely not like a cords of steel person. Um, but early on I was but then there are people I mean like you look at someone like Jenny Denoya or Jackie Burns like they have like freakishly crazy vocal cords that are just like indestructible will you know it's just it Um, you know I but yeah there were definitely times I felt like a rock star and definitely times why I I felt humbled Uh, so (laughs) there you go so I do want to talk to you about your, you did Evita in the na- the, new, the U.S. tour that I just learned about. And then you also mm-hmm. did it regionally at, wait, I just had the name of it up. It was Theater by the Sea in Rhode Island. Yeah, I did it there. Correct. I think I did That's- it regionally at West Virginia Public. I don't even know if that theater still exists. Yeah, I've done Evita um, a bunch. What was so obvious, I mean, obviously we all know that this is an iconic role for great reasons it's a bunch of it was truly the alphabet of its time it was mm-hmm. i mean so what was it like just trying i mean obviously you know icons like elaine page patty lapone nancy opal have all played this role what was it was this and was this another dream role for you it was because it was like a full circle moment in my life so my parents were both performers my dad um had done pretty much every tour of Evita there had been. Um, Luckily, not the one I did, since we would have played a married couple. So glad that was not a thing. Um, That's some... Yeah. No, my dad was a pro. Wait, wait, who's your dad? My dad's name is David Brummel. So he's done... He did, like, Sweet Smell of Success. He did the first revival of Oklahoma. Annie... I have that name in my list, and I don't know why I didn't make a connection. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't make a connection. (laughs) Um, So, 
It was a full circle moment because like uh, Kim Jordan, who put me into the show, was also like my first babysitter ever. My dad and Kim's dad were best friends. Um, so it was like a it, it was a show that I grew up. I mean, I have videos of myself singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina Aww. at like four years old. So it was definitely like a full circle moment getting to do that role. And that one, I will say that one for me is a role that like my voice just lived there. So if there was any show that I just could wake up and sing in the middle of the night, it would have, it was Evita. Um, Granted, I haven't tried it recently. So that might not be the case (laughs) anymore. Do you want to try it right now? Do you want no, to try some she, rainbow high she right needs now? More, she needs a little <laughs> more love these days. She's, there's been a pandemic. You don't want to try some She's rainbow high? She's aged a few years, you know. <laughs> um, so, no. But, I mean, that was a show I loved. I mean, what a great it really role. Is. And what's cool about her is, like, you know, Alphabet's hard because not only do you have to sing insane stuff, but you also have to, like, run around. You've got green makeup on your face. You're yelling. Yeah. You're like, you're, there's all the things. Whereas Evita sort of like, you just have to like wear some fierce clothes and just sing. Like you, you're singing the whole show. There's no dialogue. Like the hardest part of Evita was like her death at the end. Cause that's like vocally was straining, but like otherwise you just got to look fierce. Um, and those costumes were amazing. Like I love that show. Did you do the um that was the that was a replica how Prince one, right? Or mm-hmm. was that yeah. or was that a, or am I thinking of something else? Was that a replica? No, like that how was Prince that's how Prince is. Oh, that was, was how Prince is. Mm-hmm. Did you ever meet I Did you ever meet him? Yes. Well, yes. Twice. He came to the show when we were on tour. Um and I think I had like just joined. So I, I think I think that was very early on. Um, and then I, I auditioned for him for, um, what was that thing called? That oh, wow. On um, Broadway. What was that thing that was like a review of, wasn't it like his uh, stuff? Um, oh, uh, Prince of Broadway. Prince of Broadway. Oh, there you go. Hi. Welcome. Yeah, that makes sense. Prince of Broadway. <laughs> so I had a callback for that and I remember him being in the room and I was like, uh, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That must have been that. That would have been, I would have been too terrified. I would have been like, oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more terrified because I had to sing something from West Side Story. And I was like, uh, I'm not a soprano. So uh, we'll see what happens here. But <laughs> We'll see what happens. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do uh, our best. Um, so now I do need to ask you about your other Android Weber show and your resume, Cats. Because... <laughs> It is, it's very much a musical that is near and dear to my heart because my introduction to musical theater was the film TV performance with Elaine Page, Ken Page, mm-hmm. Rosemary Ford, uh, John Partridge, Susan McKenna, all the greats. Of, um, so was this a dream show for you? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I didn't know Cats that well. I mean, I had seen it on Broadway as a kid and was I remember being terrified of it. Um, I was terrified. Um, but no, it was never a show that I was like, I want to play Grizabella in Cats. But I had a great time doing it. Like I being in Cats is really fun. You know, it's especially when you're Grizz because like in that <laughs> show, like 
like the more of a like leading role you have, the less you do in the show. Like, <laughs> so, like the harder you she's work. In the opening number. Yeah, like she crawl. She's, she's in the a, opening. She, she crawls out like a few times during like the ball. You know, she like pops up in random places, but then she really just has to like limp on stage and then belt sing a, song, a little. And then- Peace out. Yeah, act two, she's kind of like just chilling in her dressing room until the end, and then she just, you know, gets to sing the most, like one of the most iconic songs. Truly. Do what did you do in your free time? Did you knit? Did you do puzzles? What did you? I did knit. I did knit. Um, I read. I believe D. D. Rossioli said she was like, I made hats for everyone in the company. Yeah, I, I actually replaced. I was. I came in right after D. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I did knit. I did do puzzle. Not puzzles. I read. Um, I don't. You know, you're asking me these questions, and this was a very long time ago. I was a hundred years younger than I am now. Um. <laughs> But I, rem- yeah, I mean, I definitely remember knitting and reading. I'll say that. I'm going to stick with those two. What now was now, ob- uh, well, we talked about this before, but you said that you are not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. Like- Dan- I'm a mover. You- I'm a better mover You're- than I let on. How about that? <laughs> okay. So what was it like just learn? I mean, because ob- I mean, well, obviously, Grizzy Grizz is not in the Jellicle Ball, the most complex number, but she is in the opening where they do the whole like circle thing where they walk and then they jump and they walk and then they jump. Mm-hmm. What was it like trying to do that number? I mean, I'm the like kind of person that like if you teach me choreography and I have time to do it eight million times, I will get it. Um, I think they're very strategic while doing choreography because they they put you in a place where maybe not everyone's staring at you, which is smart. Um, but no, I mean, I I loved doing that part because it's like the one time that she had to be part of the group, you know, um, and sort of got to just be having fun with everybody else. So um, I think eventually once I got it, it was fun and a good workout, but I'm sure glad I didn't have to do the ball because... That's that's so much. Um. So now for your now, I, I asked you this question before, and you didn't. Uh, where he, was your heavy sidler? There was always like three options for the heavy sidler. One was you just flew off on wires. The other one was where like this giant like staircase came floating down, and then the other one was like you got into like a bucket or something basically, and then flew off. What was uh, yours? I was in the tire that went up into the ceiling. So I guess whatever, it wasn't a bucket. It was, I mean, the tire went up into the ceiling. There was no, there wasn't like, it didn't, nothing came down to meet. So it just would go up. It would like float up into the ceiling. Uh, wait, and then, because at the end, because it's at the end, it's both you and um, old Deuteronomy on the tire. Mm-hmm. And then, so did it go up and then did it come back down again and you were not there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I obviously have to ask because I whenever I people are always like being in a cat's rehearsal room is like you're all doing ecstasy in like the eighties. What was yeah. <laughs> what was the cat's rehearsal process like? 
I mean, it's exactly, it feels like, like it could have been part of waiting for Guffman sometimes because it's like, you go in and I mean, it's like, you know, they teach you about like the anatomy of cats. So you understand like how their eyes work and like what their peripheral vision is, which sort of helps inform like how your head moves. And you sort of learn about the basic anatomy of cats so that you can try to sort of emulate in a human body that. And then sure enough, like you get down on the ground and like crawl around and interact with people like, a cat um and i i remember that i got pulled out of like a communal cat's <laughs> moment because I remember you telling me this. Grizabelle is not part of the group and so they like pulled and me the director, out like, like you can't the director play with said cats. you're not included <laughs> Yeah, like, and I just rem- I remember, I mean, I distinctly remember this, like, I went and, like, laid down on a bench outside of the rehearsal studio and, like, took a nap. I was like, okay, I guess if I'm not, like, being used, I'm just gonna, I'll just be out here, I guess. <laughs> I just, I love that so much. Like, imagine this is your first, imagine, like, when you're creating this musical, and you're doing all the same problem, and they're like, oh, wait, you're not a part of this. And they just take you out of the rehearsal room, and you're like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I do, I want to talk about um, Mamma Mia with you, because that's yeah. where I saw you. You, when we talked last time, you said you love doing Mamma Mia, but I also, I mean, I swore I've never heard a single person say, I hated doing Mamma Mia. Like, I feel like it's impossible to hate doing Mamma Mia. I love, I mean, I love that role so much. And I don't think I would have said that had I not done it. But I love playing Donna. I think she's so fun. I think she gets to sing her face off, but like nothing is too crazy. So you're kind of like, oh, this is an easy, fun show that doesn't stress me out. Um she gets to sort of run through like all the emotions, you know, she has a really great arc. Um, She gets to be feisty and funny and nurturing. You get to play a mom and a best friend and a lover, ex lover, you know, you get to be the comedy, you get to do physical comedy. Um, And, and then you get to also be heartbroken and angry. And I, I just think she gets to do a lot. It's like, it's a surprisingly meaty role. Um, I would, I mean, I, if anybody calls and is like, do you want to do Mamma Mia? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I, where, where are we going? Cause it's just, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great show. And I've had the honor of doing it like in some really great spaces, you know, theater Aspen is incredible. And then Riverside, which I have such a special place in my heart for that theater. And, um, and then Walnut street, which is just a phenomenal place to be. So yeah, I love, I mean, I had a great time. What is your, is, can you pick like a favorite song to sing in that show? Oh, I mean, it's so cliche. I really do love singing Winner Takes It All. I think it's just like, it's, I think it's a beautiful song, but there's, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. I do, I like singing a lot of them. I like singing, um, oh my God, what's the name of it? 
what's the actual name? Uh, when, when she's getting ready with the daughter, school bag in hand. Oh, uh, slipping through my fingers. Slipping through my fingers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that actually at Walnut Street was really difficult for me because I found out right before we opened at Walnut Street that I was pregnant. Oh, and so I went through my whole first trimester with my son at Walnut Street doing Mamma Mia. I was there for about three months. And right when I started, I found out that I was pregnant. And um, so my last day there, I I told the cast that I was pregnant. Um, But so it that show definitely like that moment took on way more way more for me at Walnut Street because I was like, oh God, I'm going to be a mom. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So I just had a question about that and I totally forgot what it was. Um, oh, dang it. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, so wait. So, oh, I remember now. So, because I was, I talked to a previous episode, I talked to Cicely Daniels, who when she was doing um, Freaky Friday, she said she was pregnant. And she said, so it, she said it was also during her first trimester. And she said, literally, when she, whenever there was a break, she would go, because like the uh, living was like right next door to the theater. She said she would go home and take a nap. Was that what it was like for you? Um, Cause she just you said mean, she like, was imp- tired. It's like oh, so tired. I was, t- I mean, yes, I was tired. I was, I I had to pee all the time. That was the biggest thing. But luckily with Mamma Mia, there's like, it's, it's laid out great for being pregnant. Cause like you kind of like go on stage, you sing a song, then you go away for a second. Then you go back on stage, then you go away. Like, so like every time, like by the time you're like, Oh God, I got to pee or I got to go do something. Or I think I'm going to throw up. You're just like, Oh, I'm done. Anyways, I'm going to go off stage. So, so it's not like Alphaba or Ava where, no, like, oh gosh, where you have to have like a, where there's like a scheduled pee break in the track. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely had a bit more flexibility with Donna. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then on, a, I remember when, so when my, so the My Fair Lady revival was directed by the amazing Bartlett Cher. And then I remember they, I was like, okay, it's going to tour. And then uh, they announced that Shireen was going to do the tour, which I was like, yay. And also Laird. And then they announced, when they announced the cast, I saw you and I was like, wait, what is, I was like, why is Anne Brummel in this? I was like, because to me it was just, it's such, it's such a different show from what you normally do. Mm-hmm. And so I remember you were saying, so I remember you told me your husband did the Broadway company, the Broadway, the revival Broadway. Yes. My husband was the dance captain. Um, and we, uh, I gave birth to my son during his run at My Fair Lady. And when the tour came up, I knew that they were interested in having him on the tour. Um, And so we sort of had a conversation, like, is that something that, you know, we could even figure out? Um, And I called my agents and I said, you know, is there a world in which I can get seen for My Fair Lady? And they sort of were like, as who? And I was like, I don't really care. Like, um, it was more about us, like, keeping our family together and having the opportunity Mm -hmm. to both work and provide, but be together, which, you know, my husband Mm -hmm. and I obviously were different types. He's male, I'm female, and (laughs) he's a dancer, and I'm not. But, you know, just what we do, the shows that we tend to even get seen for are very different. So... 
we don't have, even though we met, I mean, we've done now two shows together, but um, that's rare for us. And so I knew that, I knew that I would at least be seen with different eyes if they knew like, oh, this is Michael's wife. Um, I do like, of course, who would think that I would have done my family, but um, I I definitely remember walking into the room and and I think they were all like, oh, it's Michael's wife, it's Michael's wife. And I think they like breathed a sigh of relief that I like wasn't terrible. It was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Um, But no, I do, I do have more of a legit side than, I think anybody knows. Like I do, I can't. Yeah, and that wasn't meant to be shady when I said no, I was surprised. No, not at all. I didn't think it at all was shady. <laughs> I wasn't trying no, to be shady about me. it. It just like because I mean I'm all I mean, um, who was it that said who was it? I, there was oh it was I mean oh yeah it was Megan. You know we're so or no yeah I think it might have been Megan Hill. No, it was Shoshana Bean, who you know we're so used to seeing her as Alphaba, but she originally auditioned for Glinda. And then she gives this like gorgeous like soprano, and I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> I was yeah, just, like, I mean, it exists. What? It doesn't get used a lot, but it does. It exists. So no, I mean, My Fair Lady was great. It was certainly a show I never would have had like on my radar ever that I would do or wanted to do, but um, it worked out. I mean, it didn't work out great because obviously there was a pandemic, and we didn't actually really get to do it. Um, yeah, you did it for like, it's, you started in December and then it all ended in March. So you did it for like three months. Yeah, but you know, we, the tour is back out, which is great. Um, we didn't think it made sense for us to, uh, our son is just a very different age now than when we started. And it with him not mm-hmm. being able to be vaccinated and travel, it just, we uh, it wasn't the right choice. Um, which was sad because we really, that cast is, an, is a remarkable group of people. Um, we all still very much keep in touch. Um, Shireen is simply the best, um, as is most of the cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the cast is phenomenal, but um, she is really like Laird. a force to be reckoned with. Lair is incredible. Um, um, I mean, they're all great. They're, everyone's great. Like, not just in the show, but as a human. It's, yeah. Everyone is delightful. So it was definitely a difficult decision and we miss it and we miss them. Um, but it ultimately the right decision. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now I asked you this before, I, but um, I want to ask, what is it like working with Bartlett Cher? Because so many people you ask, like, that's what I hate when you ask, like, well, what is it like working with a director? And they're just like, well, it's Bart. Or when I ask them, they're like, well, it's like for like my other, like, or they're like, well, it's, it's Deborah, it's this, it's that. And I was like, that doesn't explain it <laughs> for someone who doesn't know them. So Bart, so what was it like working with Bart? Bart's incredible. I hope he never listens to this so that he won't hear me say all these nice things. But Bart's incredible. He is. I can cut ex- this part. Okay, perfect. Um, he's extremely smart, like intimidatingly smart. Um, But also, um, you know, he does his research. He has a vision. He's thought about the piece on every level there is to think about it. He's dissected it. Um, There is not an ounce of him as a director that is ever unprepared. Um, But 
by the same token, as set as I think he is on his vision and what he wants for the piece, he's, he's also that open to yeah. what you bring to it and to what, what you think. And, and he will always let you try and always let you play and explore. He may not go, he may not say, that's it. He might go, cool, you tried that. That's not what we want. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's open and he's, he's, um, he's a team player. Like he really looks at theater and, and, and his casts as family, truly. Um, and he is very much someone who will always have an actor's back. So I have, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, I think he can be tough. He's a, you know, he's a director. He's a very in demand director and he can, I can see how he can certainly be intimidating, but he is, um, he's just really good. He's really good at what he does. Yeah. So now I, we are coming to, we, I have a one last question for you. I asked you this before, but we're going to do it again with dream roles. What mm. do you mean dream roles? Um, well, it seems very fitting right now because of Mr. Sondheim's <laughs> passing, but I would do, there's a lot of Sondheim that I, I've never I've actually done a Sondheim show. Um, I would love to. Um, in no particular order, I would do anything in company. I would love to be in company. Um, Ooh. I just, it's one of my favorite pieces. I don't care who I would be. I just would do anybody. Um, I also, you know, maybe in a few years, I'd love to do Sweeney Todd. I'd love to do Mrs. Lovett. I think she's so cool. I could see that. Um, but what else? I would really like to do Fun Home. Ooh, as the mom or as adult? Yeah, Allison, as the mom. The mom. Mm -hmm. I could see you rocking that. Um, um, yeah. I mean, a dream role that I think I've I've aged out of, or maybe not aged out of. I just don't. I don't. I don't know that it would happen, but it certainly it's always been a dream role is to do Aldonza and Man of La Mancha. I'm not familiar with that show, but just uh, knowing from who's done it before, I see it. She's real. She's real fun. Um, I'm, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Dream roles, dream roles. Um, mm, fun home next to normal. I'd love, I'd love to do the mom and next to normal. Ooh. Lots of moms. I'd like to be moms. <laughs> um, I'm, you're ready I'm to a, go up to that age bracket. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly in the mom age bracket for real, but I think down the road, I'd certainly love to give you a, a mama rose, but I don't think yes. I'm there yet. I don't think you are either. Um, I think we've got time, hopefully. Um, so like, there's also time for um, Norma Desmond. Oh, but, but that's that like several decades later. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I also would love to do a play. I have not done a play. Oh. It'd be fun to just, you know, I think sometimes you know when you've made a career in musical theater, they're like, she doesn't act. She just sings. So. Well, this is why well, I don't know if this is just always because this is the, always the first play that pops in my head is I was thinking August Osage County. Oh, that would be fun. That's as so the good. middle sister. I forget. Salt. Um, so, uh, so two more that I had for you was, um, the narrator in Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. All right, I'll take that. Because it's another one 
where you can go off and on and you can belt your face off. The one that I actually just thought of like earlier today was like, ooh, I'd like to see her in this is Star in the Cher show. Do you know I never saw the Cher show? Is that D? Who? No, D was a, an understudy. D was standby for Star and Ladies. Star was Stephanie J. Block. Oh, okay. Got it. So you would play like Cher um, from, uh, you would play Cher from when she divorced the Sonny up until present day. Got it. Okay. I'm in. So send me all the contracts. <laughs> I'm sold. Um, I currently am only singing one show at the moment. So there's only one score that I have in my head, which is I have been singing nonstop um, songs from Diana the Musical. Would you want to do that? I mean, I just want to sing the music. I don't think I will ever be hired to play Diana in Diana the Musical for a Uh, myriad of reasons. (laughs) One, I don't look anything like Diana. Um, Just being one of the 700 reasons why I would not be hired as Diana. But I can't stop singing the songs. My husband's actually in the show and I I cannot stop. He is? I didn't know that. He's a swing. Yeah, I can't stop. I'm like, I, I have a problem. I'm not the only one. I do have some other friends who like. No, there are all of like, I, like it's one to me. Like I watched it when it first came out on Netflix and I was like, interesting. <laughs> I Not like in a, it was, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I was not like, oh, this is awful. Or, oh my God, this is wonderful. I was just like, I was like, I need to ruminate on this. You have to see And it then live. there was all of, yes. It's and cute. then there was all of the, you know, the negative press that came up. But then what really turned me was like Gianna and like some of the statements she made where she was like, well, you guys are okay with like the crown and the um, Spencer, the new um, Kristen Stewart movie. Why can't we just do like a, not a ruckus comedy, but like, why can't we just do like a campy show? And then I went through and I rewatched it again with that in my head. And I was like, I see it now. I was like, I see where, there's some parts of brilliance in that. Tina sings so, her yes. face off. She's so good. Um, she does. So yeah, that's all I sing in my house right now. A former, a Diana. former Glinda. A former Glinda. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. All, all comes back. All comes back um, to Wicked. Also, one that I've. All comes back to Wicked. Um, and then one that I was also thinking of. Although this might, I don't. It's not a very, it's not a dance dance role, but I mean, she is a dancer per se. Was I was thinking of this, I'm like, this is another one that I'm ruminating on is um, Meg Giri in Love Never Dies. I don't know how familiar you are with the show. I'm not familiar at all. I don't know Love Never Dies. Um, she has, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give it away, but I think, well, I personally think that it's superior to Phantom. I know, shocking thing. But I just prefer the character arcs in it. Meg's character arc in this show is just... And Sharon Miller chip in the, in the, in the pro shoot is just amazing. All right. Um, it's such a great meaty acting role with, like, a little... Bit, like, she, she, it's almost like... Um, okay, it's not as much... It's not... She does really run... Not, she doesn't run the gauntlet as much as Donna, but she does have the, like, little... Com- she does have comedic songs. She does the dramatic... Very dramatic at the ending. Um, she does a lot of uh, stuff that I think is cool. Um, okay. So we have reached the end of our interview. 
do you have well where can the people can the people find you on social media yes you can totally find me on social media i think i'm just ann brummel i think i'm pretty basic on the instagram i think i think <laughs> it's just my name you should probably know the answer to that um let me double but check all i'm gonna tell the people is this i'm, gonna, I'm checking right now This is airing, um, wait, hang on. I think it's airing, it's airing in the month of December. I know that. I think it actually might be airing. I All think right, it's airing so next here's Friday what I'm going to ask of whoever is listening. I created a website last year during the pandemic called <gasps> the Broadway Merchant Collective. So if you are shopping for the holidays, go to the Broadway Merchant Collective and you will find, you can shop on the website or you will be able to shop on the website. We, I have to announce that it's new. Still fixing all the details before we launch it. But you can go to that website and you can either shop what's on there or you can scroll through. And we have almost a hundred vendors that are all Broadway industry arts workers who have created Etsy shops, who make things, who sell things. So you can do, you can get candles, jewelry, artwork, scarves hats i mean so many different things it's and it's all artists and it's a great way to support the community so you can find us on instagram there at the broadway merchant collective um or the website is the broadway merchant collective.com and i believe i'm just ann brummel so follow me yes i just checked so now i want it because that was actually my next question i was like do you have anything you want to plug um so what is so is this just specifically broadway people selling stuff or is this like broadway merch itself like it's not broadway, broadway merch. related it's, merch no it's not broadway merch so for instance if anybody knows who jessica rush is jessica rush is um a broadway performer she's in tina the musical right now um she and her daughter, Elliot, opened a shop called Ivy and Clark, and they make really awesome uh, beaded bracelets. Um, so she started that during the pandemic to make some extra money with her kid. A lot of there are people who build sets for Hamilton that sell incredible woodworking items. There are um, a girl actually in Diana named Bethany who has an, a, a wonderful uh jewelry shop she sells like the coolest looking earrings um so they're all industry workers who have opened their own side business with things that they make gotcha. so it's not merchandise but you can find some stuff um that is like broadway show related so for instance yes. for my husband's opening i got him um a playbill with his name underneath it and then it has all of the shows that he's done like because he, he's done six Broadway shows. So it has like a little snippet of each of those shows. So one of the girls on our site does graphic design. And I said, is there something that I can do for his opening? And so she made that for us. Um, so you can find a ton of stuff. There's also like some Broadway subscription boxes on there. Um, there's a lot of different stuff, but it's just a great way. Like if you're going to spend your money, you know, instead of maybe giving it all to Amazon, throw some to people who you know the thing is is like yes broadway is back but there's still a lot of people in our community who never got their job back and it's still not where it was mm -hmm. um so you know it's a it's a great way to support and what's really cool is like some of the stuff is amazing i mean 
I have Christmas ornaments from people on that site. I, I've gotten gifts for people from there, um, like personalized gifts, which is really fun. And, you know, it's always cool to give a gift that like has a story. And so, you know, I say, check it out. I'm actually, Leah, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it actually looks really good. I might actually order stuff for Christmas. Yeah. And we'll, we'll uh, I, hopefully so, by the yes, end. So I will make sure. Hopefully by. Oh, I was just saying, hopefully by the end of this week, we will have the, um, the actual shop up where you can just buy directly from the site. But if not, you'll be able to see everybody and, and it'll get you to where you can buy stuff. So. Mm -hmm. I will make sure to put links for that in the description for all of you who are listening. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again. And it was a pleasure. Um, I look forward to seeing everything else that you do in the future. Alrighty. Thank you so much again for joining me. I will see you all later. Bye-bye. So here's to the girls on the go. Everybody tries. Look into their eyes and you'll see what they know. Everybody dies. A toast to that invincible bunch. The dinosaurs surviving the crunch. Let's hear it for the ladies.